Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents. This particular episode, long-term friend, actually uh, instructed for me in one of the schools that I ran, a guy by the name of Michael Greco. He was on the show Grow Your 1099 with Josh Jones and myself. And Michael is a process guy. He's a sales coach, sales trainer. He helps sales managers figure out how to be much more effective. And he's got this process in place that he's done over and over again and helps so many companies be successful at putting a plan in place to actually drive recurring and growing revenue on an ongoing basis. This is an episode you want to listen to and learn from and apply yourself uh, Michael Greco is absolutely amazing. You'll love the insights and what comes out of uh, both uh, Josh Jones and myself in terms of what we're talking about. If you like the episode, uh, please feel free to subscribe and to share with your friends. And let us know if you have any questions. Look forward to seeing you and hearing your feedback. Thanks. Take care. Bye, everybody. Hi, <laughs> Mitchell Levy here, Chief Credibility Officer, with another episode of Grow Your 1099. Hey, everybody. This is Josh Jones. I'm the CEO of Elite Energy Consulting, the author of Don't Knock It Till You Knock It, and the soon-to-be-released 300K at 26. Josh, that um, sounds really good, by the way. I, well, <laughs> it's impressive. You got this credibility stuff going for you. I like it. I have this uh, um, Facebook post that I just did that had three potential book covers, and uh, everybody overwhelmingly chose the close-up smiling one. I, I actually was very surprised. That was one of my suggestions. Uh, by the way, I'm, we'll introduce you to Mike Greco, a long-term friend, um, uh, teacher, trainer for some of my programs, author. Uh, but uh, so one of my suggestions, Mike, was that Josh was like, which picture? This one, this one. I'm like, well, post it on Facebook. See what happens. I, cause Good idea. Great idea. They're all kind of cool, actually. They're all, for different reasons, they're all really good. But yeah, yeah, I saw the post and, and I, I, chose, I chose the same one everyone else did. It just, I, I feel like it might have been because that was the one that was bigger. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Because you know how when you post three pictures, one's bigger, there's two smaller well, ones? Well, he did sort of skew the deck by having the first one be the one that everyone chose. But no, it was... It, it, when you share them with me, when they were side by side, it wasn't obvious. And then when, when I saw it on Facebook, it just, that first one hit you in the face. It was beautiful. Well, let's, let's introduce Mike. So Mike, I, um, uh, we, we got to talk with him a little bit. Mike's someone who started the first three years of his sales career, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the same as I did in door to door. And it's led to decades of different positions as what the VP of sales of multiple organizations um, to where you're at now um, running your own um, sales training consulting firm. Yep. um, Which you've been incredibly successful over the years. 
Um, welcome, Mike. We're, we're really excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, yeah, Josh, great, uh, great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Rico, I just have to tell you, um, I had Mike. So Mike has a company called MXL Partners. He's been doing his own thing for 15, 16 years. He has at any company he's gone to, gone in and figured out how to crack the nut and train other people on how to do it. And now he does it in his independent company. And and uh, he's I've gone through his training courses a number of times because you were training for one of the, when I was running an executive business program over at San Jose State. And I just loved your methodology. You're very natural to, to include here. So Mike, what you do, let's just give you the best question for you is what you do, what I see you do, you find you find a problem, you figure out how to solve it, you put a system in place, and then you train other people. You want to talk about that? Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, good, uh, that's a good summary, Mitchell, and, um, it, and, and exactly that. I mean, and what I find in that in sales, I, I used to think that uh, sales was so simple that I was like, come on, everybody knows this. But then I, I learned that actually a lot of people think it's a black box and it's a big mystery, but it's really, it's really not. And of course, everybody needs the revenue side of their business. Uh, improved some level. So what I do is uh, is assess and, and look under the covers, and, and often there's success going on. So you talk to key producers, leaders, the CEO, the founders, and you see what is working, what's worked, and look for the secret sauce. Because invariably, in a sales engagement process, there's something that happens that is the the right trigger that moves things along. So you figure that out, and then how to optimize it. So of course there's a lot of moving parts in a good sales organization. So how to, how to optimize the messaging, the engagement, the targets, the prioritization, so many pieces there to where you can lock it down and then you can replicate it and teach other people. It, the good news I'll say is I found that sales and effectiveness is a, is a teachable skill. Uh, it really is something that you could move an A player into be a superstar A player. You can take a B player into an A player. C players, you can move them into B players. You can move them out or you, you recognize, you know what, it's not going to work here in this environment. And, and because they have to learn to run and, and get it. But uh, and fairness and good management is about assessing all of that and doing the right thing with people, helping them. I, I just as an aside, um, Lydia Sugarman, who's on, reminded me that you're also a skilled classical guitarist. I think I have one of your CDs. Josh, I don't know if you know what a CD is, but. Um. <laughs> hey. It's, it's up on Spotify and iTunes. If you look, look me up, Michael Diego. Uh, yeah, no, I, I put out a classical guitar uh, Christmas CD a few years back, so. Hey, oh, cool. hey Lydia, good to, good to see you. Or hear you. <laughs> so, I, I, the thing that, I think probably given that there's a lot of people on the call and people who watch on a consistent basis are they're mostly in the door-to-door -door sales area and, and you're in, you're in B2B sales at the moment. You've done door-to-door. -door. Why, what, just share why what you talk about today is applicable to selling period. And, and what was, and, and add to that, that secret, button you know that secret formula what is that thing everyone needs to do to be successful yeah well big big question but th there is there is parallels um you know just highlighted i when i was in uh, college days I, I got this door to door summer job that i i just thought it was an opportunity to make money and i and i did it and signed up with a, with a buddy of mine in college and very naive as we all are in college 
but they, they trained us and they knew the methodology for a, how to take dumb, naive college kids and make them work six days a week, hit the first door at eight in the morning, last door, 9.30 at night, six days a week, so calling on Mrs. Jones and doing the door-to-door sales. But the metrics is 60 calls to get 30 demos, no more than 20 minutes at a house, do a little demo of your books. And then if you did that, you'd sell one or two. And if you sold one or two, you'd make 2,500 bucks in a summer. So that like lit up my eyes. <clears throat> By the, the way, in, is, in, in, in today's terms, that would be. <laughs> oh, well, the, the kids today, I mean, I, well, to get this, I, I did it for three summers. My first summer I did average. The second summer I did 6,500. My third summer in, in 10 weeks, I did $10,000. Wow. By the way, I'd set a goal to make a, a check at the end of the summer for 10,000. And I got a check at the end for 10,008. Oh my God. So it taught me about. But, but, but that was when still when dinosaurs ruled the earth, right? It's something like that. But you know, okay. today there's kids doing it. In fact, I go, sometimes there was a group from an international group that was in the Bay area and uh, they invited me to come in and do kind of a motivational talk for them. These kids are making like 15, 20 grand in the summer doing this program now. Uh, mm-hmm. They're still doing it. Not as many because it's a crazy hard program, but it's, um, but, but, but back to your question, what, what it taught me, uh, because I always thought, well, that's just a crazy summer job. You can make some money. And then I go off into, you know, business school at Stanford, go off into IBM, go off into this professional world and realm, VP of sales. And now I consult for companies. The thing I found is that that discipline, those things I'd learned as a dumb, naive college kid actually carries over. And, and if you look at my, my book, The 42 Rules to Increase Sales Effectiveness, there's a lot of carryover of some of the tools and the tactics and the strategies that play into a mental discipline, a prioritization, an activity metrics tracking, the quality of a message. All of that plays into effectiveness in sales, no matter whether you're doing door-to-door in any way or calling on businesses, working the phones, or just meeting people at events. There has to be that kind of distilled discipline, metric tracking of what's successful, and, uh, and, and making adjustments as you, uh, as you go. So you can constantly be improving. And so that, you feel like you learned that foundation from door to door those first three summers? I did. I did. And I was around some good people because the managers were all older people that I'm thinking, man, I want to be like this guy. So I got some good mentors. And I started understanding, appreciating older people people who were not that far ahead of me, but who had done it. And, and now they were ahead. I thought, wow. So that whole thing of trying to improve, reading a lot, I learned some good disciplines, mental toughness, um, and also making adjustments and learning. So all of that were great skills uh, to learn as a young, dumb kid. I remember my, uh, it was my, I think it was my first summer my manager earned, it was like 700, 800,000, something like that. The next year he made over a million. And I was just like, what in the world? Like, I want to do that. Like, whatever yeah, I'm doing, I want to do that. Because I, I, I'd never met anybody who had made that kind of money before. And I was just like, sales is absolutely the way to go. It's the way to yeah. live. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great skill. You know, I've got three kids, uh, two of my, uh, two boys and a daughter, two of my boys are in sales. And they're, they're stellar. They're studs, they're, you know, superstars. And, but they, uh, they got into it young and a lot of their peers out of college thought sales was a bad word, you know, but they, um, these kids got in young and, and now they're just, you know, flourishing. And a lot of their peers as they approach late twenties or early thirties, 
are now looking at them and say, hey, how do I get into sales? Uh, because they've been meandering around. So it is a great career. It's misunderstood. There is, it's a teachable skill. It's about getting into a good environment where you can thrive. So, so. Yeah, here we go. This is, you, you got to read this book then. <laughs> there you go. It's, I, I feel like um, that book hits what you said on, hits the nail on the head because so many people judge sales, especially door-to-door sales um, before they've had the chance to even experience it before they had that, you know, those three summers that you had where you're like, wait a second, 300 bucks in a summer versus $3,000 in a summer. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking 3000. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's going to, if it's going to be miserable, if it's going to be tough, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to improve something. It's going to set me up for success for the rest of my life. And I'm going to have way more money in my pocket along the way. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, a lot of those, the kids that did it, you know, a lot of them turn out to be lawyers or doctors and all that. They, they told us, and part of their pitch was, you know, whatever you do, this is going to help you. And of course, if you run into anyone who, who did that program, Southwestern, there's an alumni group of it. And it's like anyone who was a bookman in their past is a, uh, there's a com, you know, common camaraderie, but also a skill set that was, that was kind of laid down that helps them in whatever profession they're in. Mm-hmm. Because everybody has to talk to people. Everyone has to engage and everyone needs to be compelling, make good impressions up front. Those are all some of the key fundamentals that, that were taught in those kinds of programs. And it applies to any kind of sales you're doing. You know, Mike, you have one of the things that you teach people is your your A B metrics, you know, mm-hmm. A A customer, B customers. And I, it's a little hard to go through in a short period of time here, but the methodology of targeting someone in terms of if you're knocking on doors or, or in your case, even if you're just making phone calls and doing B2B yeah. selling after that first introduction, how do you decide who do you go back to? How do you determine what you're going to make? Where do you spend your energy? What are some of the things that you think about? Yeah, no, that, that actually, uh, I, I call it the prioritization matrix. Um, and it, it's actually a very simple concept of kind of an ABC track, you know, prioritization. So whether they be a hierarchy or whether it's a, a you know east cent, you know west west and central, you can break them out different ways. But the whole idea is uh, most of us in our mind think think in one dimensional tracks like that easily. We do prioritization all the time. I'll go to this neighborhood. I'll cover this area. I'm going to cover these accounts. These were the big ones that are opportunities. But the whole idea of this, this prioritization matrix is to do two sets of ABC. So sets up two sets of variables just on a spreadsheet. I, 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 I remind myself, I have this sitting on my desk. I remind myself all the time. <laughs> but, but it's a relatively simple concept. But, but what it, and I actually lived it myself because I was a top, uh, I was the number one sales rep at, at the, when I first came on to, to this company and in, in the world. And after a year of selling because of my experience at IBM, but, but what I did is they took away some accounts and I had to sat in my office thinking, how am I going to do this again? So I, it took me about two and a half hours to kind of think through and this idea of this two sets of ABC variables and to kind of put it in a spreadsheet and think it through as to what are my potential targets and priorities based on, I think that could be good, that might be less good, that might be not something I want to go on and then tweak them. And it was a simple exercise, but what it did is it set me on a path where it really set me with my top 10 here, my top 25, my, my next ones are ones to stay away from because it's just going to bog me down. And I doubled my production the next year. I was number one person worldwide again 
And I really attribute it to that exercise. It took me two and a half hours because I can go back and do it. So, so the, the thing I teach companies is to think about because we go through prioritization of our opportunities in our head, but there is ways to kind of really think it through and it's worth taking the time to not do some pretty elaborate exercise, but to think about how can I do a better job of targeting what, <clears throat> what I'm going to focus on this day, this week, this month. And if you do that, you'll be focused on the right things. It's not about the effort. It's about focus on the right things with the right effort and engaging in the right way. Then you're going to be successful. Josh, you're, 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 you're pondering. I, I, I could continue with questions, but you've, it, Mike triggered something in you. Um, well, I want to I want to kind of shift directions a little bit and talk about your book, um, Forty Two Rules to Increase Sales Effectiveness. Yes. So you talked you talked about that um, matrix specifically. Do you, would you would you is, do you talk about that in your book? I do. I, I tease out all of these um, these various rules and and tools, um, and it's been kind of a, a great you know thing that stirred people on to come and talk to me and then we end up doing doing business with them. But uh, yeah, the, the matrix is one of the, one of the key things, but, but I, I very carefully laid out the book um, in, in terms of the key things for managers, for reps, for uh, anybody even in, uh, it's really designed for anybody at any level who wants to understand sales better, but it's a very practical tool with legs that put out the first book in, in 2009 and then with second edition 2013 and it's still, you know, very, very relevant and powerful. I, so, I posted a link to it um, in the Facebook chat. I posted a link to it uh, on Amazon. So two hours and it doubled your production the next year. Two hours doing this exercise? Yeah. Okay. So every single person listening to this call right now has to do that exercise <laughs> um, because uh, the idea of doubling your production every year, that's, that's something that I've personally experienced um, going from one year to the next to the next. I've seen from one year to the next where I had just a little bit of an increase, what I didn't do and the years where I doubled my income, like literally doubled my income and it's happened multiple times um, is when I've done something similar where I've really like analyzed and figured out what's the most effective and yeah. just focused on that for that year and just really just um, set, set the, the direction in the course for the year to be successful. Yeah. So it, it is part of the key thing that I work with, with people to help them figure out um, because it's one thing to know your products, one thing to kind of know the message or how to articulate it, but it's another thing how you manage yourself and how you go at a marketplace. So, so it's a prioritization issue. And, and, and if we're left to our own, sometimes with good intentions, we'll just jump at anything that moves. Mm -hmm. or, or like in the case of the book field, I, you know, it, it was selling every house. And, uh, you know, as they say, houses don't buy, people buy. So it's got to get to the people. So you keep track of where you're going to come back to the people that weren't there that day. But in essentially, you really work a whole area all the time. I mean, deep into it. So that's why you stay in one county all summer. Mm -hmm. and you just work it. And I know everybody, you know, because you work it. Now, in, 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 in other types of businesses, it's like you give a set of accounts or you give in a region or you give in some kind of territory. It's about prioritizing that. And what I find is that you may be really, really good and knowledgeable in your product, but if you're focused on the wrong thing, even with good intentions, uh, it sets you off. You won't be as effective. 
So you mm-hmm. got to do that, that in whether it's a daily or, or, or a weekly or quarterly exercise where you have managers helping people make sure they're on track with the right focus of which we're going to spend your time because we only have so much time. And, and that's a, it's such a fundamental piece to sales success and effectiveness is the prioritization issue. So I've seen it so many times where there's people who they think they're doing something that's moving the needle, something that's, that's helping them be successful, when in reality, it's just, it's, it's not doing them any good. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's an 80-20 or a 90-10 rule where 10% of the work that you do, 10% of the, the tasks that you complete, um, create 90% of the results. Yeah. And if you so, focus on that 10%, you're going to, you're going to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it gets to, um, to, to kind of Mitchell's initial point about figuring out a process and, and there is a success process or a success sales engagement process. So you got to think about what is it we do first? What is it we do next, then next and next and next. That's where if you could figure it out as an individual and whatever you're selling or as a, a company in terms of what's our engagement strategy, how do buyers buy? How do we map our engagement process and sales process to it? Then you're very deliberate, like, okay, let's do this. Then we do this. Then we'll go into this. So it could be, you know, we engage or introduce, then we do deeper dive discovery. Then we set up a demonstration or show the product. Then we do the proposal. Then we follow up or, you know, you can have it verbally set up. But the, the key is to be very conscious of it. So that's the clarity of a sales process. And then have everybody do that. And what I find, and the data shows this with research, that two-thirds, believe this, two-thirds of companies in the world do not have that deliberately spelled out and documented in a, in a playbook or let alone in, in a you know, CRM, a Salesforce.com, or whatever their customer relation management system is. So that means uh, one-third of companies have that buttoned up. And the top producing companies are those that do have that wire. You, so you look at any big enterprise company and all these, these successful companies, believe me, they've got a sales process that somebody has thought through. Now, the problem and why you know, people like me come in and help them is because things change. They acquire new companies, they new new teams, they got new products. So you have to kind of constantly be looking at how do you tweak your sales process to engage, go after the new markets. Um, but in anything, so whether you're selling books door to door or anything up through, you know, multi-million dollar enterprise software technology solutions, there is a process that needs to be wired and figured out and then talk to the team so that everybody can actually, and then monitor it and you improve it, you know, watch the quality and the execution of that. And if you do that, that's your, there's your success formula done in a way that meets the culture suits the culture and it's not overdone, not underdone. What, what I've had to do in the past is find the best person find the top person in, in the industry and just observe, take notes, copy everything they do yep. that makes them successful and just make it, make it your own, make it a part of your routine, your pitch, your habits um, by observing the best of the best. And that's, that's in, in the solar industry specifically, I had the opportunity to shadow for um, like a week, shadow um, for a week, one of the top five people in the industry and it just absolutely changed my life. Like I'm, I'm like eternally grateful to that individual for letting me follow them and just really teaching me everything that they, that they did 
And that, that more than anything is what for me, um, helped me, helped me move, um, move up in the ranks very quickly. Well, that, that, that's, that's the, that's spot on Josh, because that's what, uh, that's what we do when I, when I work with companies is like, I want to talk to, you know, if you got a hundred reps, you got 10 reps, you got, you know, whatever, hundreds of reps. I'm going to talk to the top three. Yeah. Your top, and I don't want to talk to them because invariably they have this, they figured it out. And often they're not telling anybody else. Mike, here's the deal, man. Here's what I do. Bingo. I've talked to a few people like that and I can start to connect the dots and I figured out what is the success. Now we can replicate it. Mm-hmm. And then another quick story, when I was at IBM, I used to do the same thing you did. I want, I always, wherever I went, I want to talk to the, the superstars. So I, I want to you know, who's number one around here? Who's the best? And I want to go talk to them and pick their brain. And I remember when I was at IBM, young rookie kid, I was working up in San Francisco, and uh, but I lived in Palo Alto, and uh, and everyone kept coughing, hey, John, John, John Hughes is the guy, John Hughes. So who, who's this John Hughes guy? So finally, I uh, I picked up the phone, I'm just like 90 days into the job, and I pick up the phone, and I was like, John, John yeah, John Hughes. And I said, John, uh, I hear a lot about you, so I need to meet you. Who are you? <laughs> so I go, well, I'm Mike Gregor. So he said, yeah, sure, come on down. I spent it, I spent like two hours with this guy one morning and just picking, picking his brain, understanding, because he had a very unique little thing he did and he was hitting it out of the park. So it's a very good thing to do is find those successful people and uh, pick the brains. Yeah, well, and often the, those people are very willing. They're willing to share. They want you to ask questions and it's, it's almost, um, I feel like when, when people get to the top, you almost like idolize them and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, like I can't even talk to them. But they're like, no. Yeah, yeah, but they're really approachable. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely approachable. You can talk to me. You can ask me questions, pick my brain, and I'll, I'll be happy if I help you be successful. That's the attitude that they have because um, that's, that's one of the reasons they're extremely successful is because they're genuine, kind, just helpful people. That's what sales is. Sales is helping people. And if they can help somebody else do the same thing that they're doing, it, it gives you this sense of pride that you've, you've changed somebody's life for the better. Exactly. Absolutely. So 40, 42 rules. So that's, that's one of the things you write about in your book. Out, out, of, out of the other rules in your book, what are, what are some of the other, um, would you say, top rules that you write about? Well, there's... Um... It, there's there's issue, two rules around the, the, this process and the clarity of the process and thinking through the buying process. There's rules around messaging and how to how to have a crisp um, kind of intro pitch or you know people call it an elevator pitch. I call it a 20 to 40 second pitch okay. because everybody should have a way that they engage, whether it's on a trade floor or on the phone or even talking to Mr. Jones out there. It's it's in 20 to 40 seconds and how to, how to flex. Cause sometimes it's, you know, Hey, what do you want? You know, you want to go short or see so you can go a lot longer, but don't go two minutes. So how to do it briefly and, and the frameworks of, of how to engage with people with a quick introduction, put yourself in context, strut your background at some level, not overdoing it so that you at least establish some credibility, kind of the first two levels of that. And then the third part is what most people don't do in a good, intro is where they um, they don't say anything that's compelling to the person so if you know your audience and you can say you know here's you know, I'm, I'm Mike I'm you know MXL partners and I've been at this for some time working with companies all around the world helping them kind of get their sales act together 
and and you know Josh what I'm finding when I talk to sales leaders or people running companies that what they're really trying to do is how to drive revenue on a consistent basis or they're trying to clarify their their selling engagement process or they're trying to figure out even how to articulate their message in a way that captures media attention those are all things I'm finding other people are struggling with how about you what are you doing and in, in, in terms of raising competencies of your sales team well you you mentioned that, that we call that breaking preoccupation exactly you say something that really just like catches their attention for yeah, that and, and, and it takes some pre-thought right so good rep is prepared and they know their audience like okay i'm talking to a cio i'm talking to a mom i'm talking to a ceo i'm talking to an it guy you know the audience and so you can adjust and i know the things that that keep that guy up at night i know the things that are their problems so you got to be relevant you got to be conscious and the research shows that the best salespeople are simply people that are smart about the market. They could talk at a business problem level, hmm. not just product. It's, it's not just, hey, you want to see a demo. It's, it's, and that's the worst thing, and particularly in technology sales, is people are trying to push product demos. As opposed to even in the solar industry, it's, it's, it's not about the technology. It's about the economics or the business problem you're solving and the trends of which way the wind's blowing, so to speak. Uh, that's impacting the marketplace. Those are the things that people are going, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, whereas some people just get so caught up in the product that they're trained on, they just go right into deep dive product oh. talk, which is the mistake of all salespeople. Mike, I have to read just for those, uh, I, I, with my new lens. So first, I just was on a sales call with Josh and he did exactly everything you just said. But I, but I, I'm reminded, so we have a 42 rules series. We have like 26 books in this series. Mike is clearly one of the, one of the really nice authors in the series. But I want to read for you rules number two to five. Because two, rules two to five in 15 seconds summarizes every, everything you said. So rule number two, it's not about you. Rule number three, it's not about your product. Rule number four, it's all about your customer. And rule number five, it's all about revenue. Hmm. simple i mean and then you just go into detail what that means and the rest of the book gives more detail but i it's it josh you say those things i mean i i've heard you say those things but not what mike does is he just does it just really elegantly (laughs) start here focus here (laughs) do this right and and i yeah i now i'm saying that we we uh listen Josh, we want people to join the company. You, you have them give this book. We want people to sell better. We're going to give them this book. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, oh, one of, one of the things that you, you said, it was um, you want to strut your background a little bit. Um, and so, so one of the things you just said is like, yeah, I, I do sales training all over the world. And it's like, okay, wow, that like this this guy is credible. He's established that credibility. I definitely want to listen to what he has to say. How do you do that as a entry-level brand new salesperson? Somebody who has just started knocking doors within the last few months. Yeah, so so talking about kind of strutting, strutting your stuff, it, it could apply to you personally, could apply to your company, could apply to your uh, even the product. So it's about thinking about, you know, hey, I'm Mike with XYZ company. 
selling any services. Maybe the company is the largest or the fastest growing or something that was recognized recently in some publication. Or maybe, um, you know, I've been doing this for seven years or I've been in this industry. So what you have to do is kind of think about what is the, you know, what I call bragging points. Don't take that wrong, but it's about strutting your stuff, thinking about establishing credibility with, with, with a couple of points. And that's, and I caution people, don't overdo it, but you do it because what the customer is listening is like, why am I, well, who are you, what? And they want to know, what, what, what's the context here? And then it's like, when you say something that shows some level of credibility in a relevant way, then they go, okay, I'm open, I'll listen. And that's all you, that's all you, and that's where you want to get them. And then you go to the next level, which is saying something interesting and compelling about their, you know, in their world that, that strikes to a problem that they might recognize. And then finally giving them a chance to respond to that. And if you do all this well, what they'll do is they'll respond to the problems that you hit the right on the head. So you break their preoccupation for them specifically, but I would imagine you probably strut your stuff for them specifically as well, based on who that individual is. You got to do it appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course you can't overdo it because some people blah, blah, because that's what the customer's hearing, blah, 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 blah. But, but they, it's important to go, okay, okay. Yeah. Guy's been around. Okay. So this impressive. Good. So you don't want to, you want to do it at the right level and then move on. Right. I just, I can just imagine somebody taking a minute to like list off their accolades, their accomplishments. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Don't want to do that. You've got to, you've got to have like a five to 10 second version. Probably I would imagine. You got to have multiple, multiple versions and a good rep is practice with this. And in a sense can kind of riff, as I say, riff appropriately, kind of go short, long, and then you got to know the different audiences. And if you're that, when you're that adept and skilled, then you can kind of be put in any situation and you adjust. So the other thing I also say, but great salespeople are those that, it's also the same with good sales leaders. They're like, um, if you think of like sports franchise or sports coaches or people that run, you know, good, good sports organizations, um, they, uh, they, they look at what's going on and they make adjustments. So like a great coach in basketball, football, or any, any sport makes halftime adjustments or they're making adjustments on the fly as, you know, they got a game plan, but they, they adjust. So a great salesperson has to be self-aware and and like if I do this, hey, it's not working. They'll just. And so when you have a lot of at bats, like we did in the book field, so after a while you kind of learn. I'm making so many calls, I've got to adjust. If I do not adjust, and something, then, I, then that's a problem for me. And that's just not a lack of self awareness. So I've got to be like a good coach, watching the game and going, you know what? I tried this. It's not working. I got to tweak it. Let me see how that works. And once you figure out what's working, then you kind of continue with that. Uh, so that's, it's a good, it's a good uh, self-awareness is a key thing to good success. Like that's the second time you said that. And I wanted to, I wanted to reemphasize for those listening and watching that what worked today won't work tomorrow. What didn't work yesterday could work today and could work tomorrow and you have to adjust. And I, and you gave me some really good ideas. I, I just, I'll throw something out and then we got to, I'm, I'm going to, by just a little bit of time because we, we got to get to the end. So uh, just Mike, something to think about. Our end question is what questions shouldn't we, should we ask you that we didn't? So very similar. You on thought leader life a couple of years ago. So same sort of thing. But I, Josh, part of what I was thinking about, if, if I was going to knock on a door 
right? What I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm your neighbor. Or I'm in the community. I've, I've, uh, I'm a book publisher. I've been working with this guy, and I'm, I'll hold your other book as well, the 300K at 26. I've been working with this guy for a year, uh, helping him get his thought leadership out, and he sold me. I want to knock on doors, right? And, and then that would be my opening of the credibility, right? Who am I? Well, I, my credibility is I'm, I'm working for a guy who was making 300K at 26, now has his own company and is helping the industry understand that knocking doors not bad. Can I tell you what we're talking about, right? And, and I'm just thinking, just as an aside, that's not for a brand new shoehorned uh, salesperson. Pushing the CEO of the company's credibility may not be a bad thing. No. And you're absolutely right. That, that, that's exactly the type of thing. You got to think about what's going to be appropriate. And in your case, that would actually be uh, be appropriate because it's intriguing and if people, okay, interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's that's something you, you would never have somebody knock on your door and say that. Like, that's, that's like, I'm your neighbor. One, that established credibility. Two, um, I'm a book publisher. That established credibility. Three, like, you're holding up this book that you published in your hand that's showing, hey, this is, like, I'm knocking on your door. This is about knocking on your door. And then you're referencing, again, the, the, the CEO of, of the company and just, like, really just building a ton of value for yourself. Like, I've, I, I don't think I, I, I've, I would ever have anybody knock on my door and say that. And that is breaking preoccupation. Because if it's the same thing that they get every single time somebody knocks on their door where they just start this canned pitch, that is just, um, it, you can tell they hate their job. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. You're just like, get to the point. That's, that's when people say get to the point is when they can tell that it's the same as, as every other, every other pitch they get. Exactly. You know, we may want to consider when, when the second book coming out, coming up with a 10 second, 15 second pitch that features you. And I know it's hard when you're the CEO of a company, it's hard to say to yourself, well, I'm going to teach the people working for me to talk about me. And, and I'm just, because I, I could see those, but what you have to do is say, in that particular case, you're just an asset for the company. You're an asset that helps produce credibility and it, it lends to what Mike is talking about. It's an easy credibility tool for them to wrap their arm, for, for a new person who doesn't have anything, for them to wrap their arm. I'm working for this company because Josh Jones blew me away. Can I tell you why? Mm. Right, that, that's kind of the... Well, and that, that sales pitch, that, that seems like that'd be more appropriate for a different sales pitch, which would be a recruiting one, where if you're trying to sell somebody on the idea of, hey, come and work with us. This is, this is a great company to work with. Here's the reasons why. Um, it seems like that would be a big, a big credibility booster. Yeah. Interesting. So, Mike, what uh, – uh, 30 minutes, and we're, we pass that one. goes way too fast. Um, <laughs> you are as intriguing as always. I love talking to you. Uh, in addition to taking your grandkids to Disneyland, um, what else is new in your life or what should we have asked you that we, that we didn't? Um, yeah, uh, Joshua was telling Mitchell, I, uh, my three kids, I've got 10 grandkids. My wife and I will we'll be celebrating, um, our 40th year marriage. We got married. Mm -hmm. uh, Congratulations. Yeah, man, are we, are we, are we, uh, old enough for this but it's like it's it's just a lot of fun so kids run around all over the place but um 
I, I, let me leave you with, with a thought. It, it, it goes back to actually my book field. I had a manager who used to say this, and it actually made a huge impact on me. And of course, it's something that I kind of just distill out to, um, to companies when I work with them. But this whole thing, he used to say, uh, team, you know, there's two types of people in this world. There's those that make excuses, and there's those that find a way. Now, think about that. We, you know, we hear that kind of statement. There's two types of people, and yeah, blah, blah, blah. But he, I thought about it. There's two types of people, those that make excuses and those that find a way. Now, in the book field, in the door-to-door, -door, you can imagine, you know, 6,000 college kids, there was tons of problems and excuses and it was hot, it was muggy. It was just hard, mental, physical, all kinds of reasons for excuses. But he says, the, but two types of people, those that make excuses and then those that figure it out, find a way, work through it. So I always remembered that. And it certainly helped me get through three summers with the book field. And then after the, my, with IBM and my career in technology and, and growing up, I've always remembered, in fact, I pass it on to my kids that, you know, kiddos, it's three types, two types of people in this world, you know, those that make excuses. So this whole thing about how do you look at the problems that we invariably face, how do you deal with them, how do you confront them, and how do you work through them and get over it? And, uh, and you've got to fight through it because things are, life's hard. So that what I leave you with. In the sales world, certainly, there's uh, two types of people. There's those that uh, make excuses and those that find a way. So I'll leave you with that. Mm, wow. That's beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much for that. I, I, I want every single person listening to internalize that. Oh my goodness. That is, that is the best wrap up I think we have ever had on this show. Um, the best words of, of wisdom, the best advice that anybody has said. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. Um, Oh, Mitchell. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Mike, how do people reach out to you if they were? Uh, you can, um, it's Mike at um, mxlpartners.com. And the uh, uh, last name is Griego, G-R. Just think of San Diego with a, with a G-R. Griego, G-R-I-E-G-O. So you can reach me, uh, Michael Griego uh, or Mike Griego, uh, Mike at mxlpartners.com. And, uh, you know, send me a note anywhere you want. I think for the first year of us knowing each other, I could never say your last name. And it wasn't until you said, think of San Diego. And I'm like, got it. <laughs> Josh, how would you summarize? I, I think I have a feeling what you're going to say, but how do you summarize this and, and how do people get out, uh, reach out to you? Oh yeah. I, I, I don't even want to add anything other than just reemphasizing the last thing that, mm. that Mike, Mike said. Um, you either <laughs> two types of people, you're either a person who makes excuses or a person who finds the way. And I, I want to be the person who finds the way who figures things out. Um, growing up, I was, I wrestled and we had these shirts that said excuses are useless. There you go. And that's, that's just a mantra that I've lived, lived by ever since high school. Um, yeah. Yeah. Seeing, seeing those words on that shirt, excuses are useless. Like that's, that just resonated with me. You reminded me of that and how just, just find the way, figure it out. Don't be the person that is making excuses all the time. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I just wrote an article that was up on LinkedIn. Another way to get me is LinkedIn. Uh, but it was on that whole topic of no excuses. It certainly applies to sales. Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I, that's, that's my next thing I'm doing. As soon as we hang up, I'm, I'm going to read that. Yeah. So, so Josh, in addition to people getting this book or keeping their eye out for your next one, how do people reach out to you? Well, actually, so 300K at 26 is available for pre-order. So it's on my, my Facebook page. I just posted it 
on the uh, the link to the pictures for the for the cover that we're picking. Um, so if you want to pre-order my book, it is available on my Facebook page. Just reach out to me through that. I'll be tagged on this video. And then um, best By way to reach can, can you tell, haven't I trained all my authors well? Mike, you bring your book up right away. Josh, you're talking about pre-orders. Guys, I am so proud of you. I can't even tell you. <laughs> um, the best way to reach out to me is, is uh, send me an email. It's josh at elitesolarpros.com. Um, you can also reach out to me again via Facebook, via LinkedIn, um, Instagram, whatever. Um, and then Mitchell, how do we reach out to you? Yeah, I, the, the, my only summary is, is, Mike, I knew you would be good. And, and I have to press this button. You, dude, you hit the money. You just, you were spectacular. So thank you so much. Uh, and, and for me, uh, the, what I've done these days, go to MitchellLevy360.com. So it's my name, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-L-E-V-Y 360.com. And then what you'll see is connect to me on the platform that's appropriate to you, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I also play on Snap, Instagram. And so you go to MitchellLevy360.com and connect to me on the platform that's appropriate. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for uh, not only great conversation, but we're going to implement some stuff, period. It's just, <laughs> it, it fits. It's beautiful. And, and obviously, people who want to improve their, their skill, their sales skills, their sales training, their salespeople should reach out to Mike Greco. And, and Josh, once again, thanks. Great episode. Guys, we'll see you at the next episode of Grow Your 1099. Have a great rest of week, weekend, year. Bye now. This is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Grow Your 1099, where Josh Jones and I are helping to propel the door-to-door sales industry as one that's a great occupation. To learn more about Grow Your 1099, go to http colon slash slash aha.pub slash grow your 1099. And to learn more about creating and sharing your AHA moments, go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book strategy session. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.